Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Corey Bellick. He's the COO of Can Alaska Uranium. They've had quite a run since we last spoke to them in May, from, up from 17 cents to 83 cents. Uh, well done, guys. So mainly attributed to the uh, movement of the uranium space in the last three, four months. Um, we talk about how they're moving their projects forward, raised three million bucks recently, um, also two nickel projects and a copper project in the background. Uh, we deal with those things too in this conversation. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the company, the conversation, the assets, uh, etc. You can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. Um, there are commentaries from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and topics, including our weekly uranium show and our weekly nickel show, uh, if that is of interest to you. Plus, you can join a thriving community of uh, investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly and safe environment, uh, sharing ideas with each other, free from judgment, trolling and abuse. If that sounds nice to you, and I think it should, uh, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Corey, how are you, sir? I'm very good, Matthew. How about you? I am good, but I'm not sitting in a cave, so uh, <laughs> life's good. Well, I'm not in a cave either, but I, you know, used to be underground for many years. So this is one of the beautiful pictures from underground at uh, North Eagle Point. So, nice. is that uh, yellow stuff? Is that anything we should be uh, excited about? That is the. This is the start of what is 100 million pounds of uranium, 400 meters below surface north of Eagle Point. That uh, yellow you see there is uh, is some of the mineralization associated with the main structure, and uh, it was exciting to see in person. Exciting to find. So it's, good, uh, good. Okay, well, we're enjoying it for. down there. Um, we are. We, <laughs> hey, well, like, and uh, so where whereabouts are you at the moment? Tell me that. I'm in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, uh, just south of the Athabasca Basin. Our core projects. It's a beautiful part of Canada, and uh, we're just entering spring, so things are good. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Hey, well, like we've not met before because I think we've interviewed Peter, but wow, when was that? Back in May last year. So a lot has happened since then. We were just beginning this kind of COVID thing and uh, I wanted to reach out because your share price has been on a tear. I think when we spoke to Peter in May, 17 cents, up around 83, 84 today. I'm intrigued to see what you've done. So tell you what, just a favor, if people need a story, kick off, give us a one minute overview of the projects. And I'll pick it up from there. One minute overview. Well, we pride ourselves on being project generators. So in the last 12 months or so, since we last talked, we've been busy during COVID looking for opportunities for our investors and for the company. So we've been busy both um, reviewing old data when we perhaps aren't able to drill during COVID, but also generating new projects in the best parts of extensions of um, areas around the Athabasca Basin where we have potential to make that tier one discovery, in particular in the basement. So we've been busy project generating. We've been busy reviewing old data, setting ourselves up for the next round of drilling. Uh, we're currently drilling up around the Cigar Lake mine right now. So we're going to have news flow coming out over the next uh, number of months. And yeah, we have not been idle during these tough times. It's been a really exciting 12 months for us. It's been intriguing, actually, because you've got a, you've got a few um, minerals that you're looking at. Obviously, uranium, we've got nickel, we've got copper. Uranium's been on a bit of a tear, you know, post, well, it's pre and post Christmas. I'm seeing most uranium companies have sort of trebled their, their uh, market cap. 
Nickel's been on a bit of a tear, up to eight dollars at one point a couple of two three weeks ago. That's not too shabby. And copper, everyone's well again up up at around four bucks. It's like all kind of helps. I'm trying to wonder what have you been doing that's actually generating some kind of value, or has it just been all market driven? Oh well, not at all because um, we believe we've got some of the best nickel assets in one of the best nickel jurisdictions on the planet. That's the Thompson Nickel Belt, Manitoba, right near Valley's operations at Thompson. So that kept, uh, so being a project generator during the low times in uranium, that was one of the focuses away from uranium, but still connected to that green movement. You've got to build batteries to, to store all this power. So the nickel space is really an intriguing space for us. It's in our backyard. It's in Manitoba, the neighboring jurisdiction to where our uranium assets are in Northern Saskatchewan. Um, so if you think about it, you know, that, that nickel play is a really nice add-on to the low carbon environment that we find ourselves moving into uh, globally. So we continue to do deals there. We did a deal with, uh, with Fjordland Exploration in the uh, Strong Hunter area north of Thompson, um, which was done right around last May. And that, uh, that Fjordland Exploration is 30% owned by Robert Freeland and his HPX group. So that conversation really got going uh, with Robert directly and it resulted in a deal for us. So that's a $9 million deal that we're trying to advance our nickel assets north of Thompson with. Just recently, we've done a deal with a, uh, another company, D-Block, which you've seen in the news in the last, uh, last couple of weeks for a Manorbridge project. So we're gonna move that forward at the same time. So we're starting to move these assets forward in the nickel space which is really an exciting um, few developments in the past 12 months. On the uranium front, COVID stalled us last, uh, last winter, winter of 2020. Uh, we chose not to go back and explore with, with the drill. But what we did do is we went in and revisited our real key West MacArthur project. We've been making the recent discoveries that are what we're calling now the 42 zone, just a few kilometers from Kamako's Fox Lake deposit. So we went in there in the summer and we did some relogging. We revisited the model. And what we've done and we're able to accomplish is opening up three kilometers of exploration space attached to that 42 zone that we hadn't previously understood or realized was present. So we're really excited to get back in there this year and continue to drill on that uh, discovery. And again, we're drilling five, 8% uranium grades. This is exactly what we want to see for potential for tier one assets in the Athabasca Basin. Right. Exciting time for us. Exciting time. But there's, there's a lot of moving parts. Like Project Generator model has been around for a long time. There's periods where it works, people are interested in periods where it doesn't. Um, I'm, I'm sort of intrigued um, as to, again, it comes back to this value creation thing, right? So uranium has been pretty idle, you know, for the past several years. There's a lot more interest in it now, supply demand story is getting really, really interesting. And obviously a lot of supply come off the market because of COVID. It's, so that, that's all good news. But how does a company like you with the cash you've got available actually create a scenario which either allows you to someone to come in and, and partner with you, you know, you, or you can they can farm into, um, mm-hmm. or you can, you know, start, you know, um, creating the value on the uranium component yourself because it's you, you're kind of i don't know where you sit in this in this cycle you're not going to insert yourself anywhere in this cycle but how do you get the excitement going on the uranium portion with no money 
Well, <laughs> with no money, we, we have money now. But uh, yes, no money. Yes. Uh, how do we get it going? We get it going because we tell the story. We tell the story of not only West MacArthur, which has been a new discovery with our partner Cameco in the last few years. Um, we've really wanted to, you know, build on that, drive that. We've opened up the exploration space and now we have to get into and actually test those targets that have been generated just in the last six months. We haven't been able to get in there. Free East, incredible project down around Key Lake that has been sitting idle close to Fukushima. You know, Fukushima hit, uh, wheel stopped. We haven't got back to it. But what we see there is exactly what we're seeing at West MacArthur, where we're drilling 8% uranium. These big systems do not occur everywhere. And we believe we've got two of them within our portfolio, just at West MacArthur and also Crete East. So the story is starting to get out there. The interest is coming back to the uranium space. Can Alaska has preserved its asset portfolio from 10 years ago, really to this point for the next cycle. And we've got great assets close to the infrastructure, close to Key Lake, close to MacArthur, you know, up around Cigar Lake where we're drilling right now in our Waterbury project. So I think the value is sitting right there. It just hasn't been able to get, let's call it further tested due to the low market. And that's really being in the East, being around the infrastructure, having the right assets available to us at the right time, the right point of exploration that we're poised for discovery. And I, it's, it's right there. But, but how do you move out of this, this project generator mindset? Okay, like I said, you're, you were at 17 cents last May, you're 83, 84 today. You can raise cheap money. You've gone and raised 3 million bucks, or so you sort of raised 3 million bucks. It doesn't seem very ambitious to me. So uranium is hot right now. What's the plan? Who do you want to come in and, and work with you to develop these uranium assets? Or because you're an explorer, project generator, I'm presuming you're not going to develop these things yourself. You're not going to get into production yourself. So that's the model. So what's the best use of money? What is what do you need to show the market, show potential strategic partners or, or otherwise to get them to more than just listen to your story, do something about it? Correct. Do something about it. And that's critical. So we've been doing something at West MacArthur. That's been a big part of our story for the last 12, 18, 24 months. We've opened up the new space now. We're telling that story. And I think people are getting it. Investors are getting it. Getting what? Well, tell me Tell me more about that. You're opening the space. What does that well, mean? Well, I'm going to step back. I, I always use the analogy of tiger by the tail. The hard part is getting that first drill hole into mineralization in the Athabasca Basin. We're talking about uranium. We've got a few of those holes already. You know, is it where we need to be to have the next tier one asset? Maybe yes, maybe no, it's gonna take more drilling. That's obvious. But what we've done is we've opened up three kilometers of space attached to that discovery where we're getting 8% grades, where we've got a large alteration system. These systems do not occur everywhere in the Athabasca Basin. When they do, you need to pay attention to them because they may indicate the presence of a MacArthur Cigar Lake scenario tier one assets in the Athabasca. And that's what we're looking for. We've opened that space. We've got to get back in there and continue to test the West MacArthur project. Can we do that with our money? Yes, we can. We'll move it forward methodically. We're, we're, we're financed now to do that. We have a plan in place to do that come June. Cree East, we'd love to bring a partner in there. We own 100% of it. We don't have to own it all. 
We had the Koreans in there investing $20 million to move those targets forward from conceptualization through to what we actually think is discovery now in terms of low-grade mineralization, certainly the alteration. Everything we see at West MacArthur is occurring at Cree-East, but we haven't got back to it in 10 years. There hasn't been interest. There hasn't been money available. So to bring in another partner to help us move that forward is an option we'd love to explore. We're actually exploring it right now. So it's about finding the right mix of partnerships that can bring the money to the table, move the project forward, and uh, and get us to that discovery, which for our shareholders is a great thing. Okay, so if it's so good in this environment, it's so good. Um, why why three million bucks? I mean, why why not more? You know, just take advantage of what we seem to be walking into. Um, it's a lot. Of, well, it's a lot cheaper money for you right now. There's a lot of money being thrown at projects right now. These projects are getting funded same day, right? Um, and if you're hitting 8% grades, you, you, you're in the Athabasca Basin. People are excited. And we've seen some great success stories from, you know, these sort of the next gens and the ISOs, um, I guess to a less, lesser degree, the, the fissions, where th- those grades are very appealing to funders, especially some of these more broader funders that are walking into this space looking to invest. So why not be more aggressive? Why the caution? Well, we're very cautious about not diluting our shareholder base. You know, we we took a bunch of money at 50 cents. Um, We turned some away, no doubt. Uh, Now our stock's risen again. Maybe we'll take some more. But we're funded for what we plan to do in 2021. That's move West MacArthur forward, move some of the other things we have forward, we don't need to take more money at this time. So it's about controlling dilution. Um, we're also very cautious about not taking too much money during COVID. If we take flow through, then we have to spend it within a certain amount of time. There's still risk there with COVID and how that's going to shake out. Not everybody is exploring. We are cautiously. So we're just, we're being very cautious for our shareholders. We don't need to dilute. So, so why dilute? We can move our stuff forward that we plan on moving forward with what we have in place. Okay, so I get I get the caution here, and it's been it feels like a, a little bit of you've been a certain size for a long time, and then in the last four months or so, you've really kind of rocketed up. I mean, I mean, shareholders must be delighted at that. But has your mentality evolved to take advantage of that situation? Would you feel you're still you're still just a little bit cautious because you've had to be for the past few years? We, we've had to be, yes. And, uh, you know, I, I think our shareholders have been you know, benefiting from that caution through that period of time. So we just, we do not want to overextend. And, um, and we're approaching the entry back into what looks to be a very frothy market again in the uranium space. It's warming up. Sorry about that. Warming up. Um, so, you know, moving into it cautiously, not overextending. Not diluting if we don't have to, but still achieving everything we want to achieve in terms of project generation, but now moving those assets forward, whether it's us as a partnership with a new entity, which is okay. Use other sources of money to move and do exactly what we want to do, allowing us to take what we have in our bank account already or have raised and do some of the other things that we want to do. So it's a balance. But we are moving things forward. We've got new projects in the project generation space in uranium that need some attention, warrant some attention. And that that should see some work in 2021 as well. Right. So we are moving things forward. You're moving things forward. So of the uranium component here, because there's a nickel component to it as well. Yes. And there's a little copper in there in, in the yeah. mix. Um, 
is how, how much of how much of the sixty five million market cap do you attribute towards the uranium element, and how much to nickel, and how much elsewhere? Where are people seeing the value? I think I think well, first and foremost, we're a uranium company. That's our love. That's our passion. That's our experience. This is where we want to be. You know, so so that is our forte. Nickel's been attack on. I think the value that we're seeing now is really driven by the uranium space and the assets that we have in our portfolio. Our portfolio has an array of projects, anything from an arrow to Eagle Point analog in the basement, right through to a Cigar Lake analog, mid-depth, mid let's call it in the basin sense, and also deeper towards the MacArthur end. So we've got an array of projects that cover a spectrum of potential tier one um, discovery assets that you know are all moving forward at various stages. But that's, I think, where the value of the company lies. Nickel is a nice tack on. Okay. That's not where we want to be. What's right. the answer to the question? Where's the, how much the answer value is uranium. uranium? 100% I believe uranium. the uranium. Nickel has no value as far as the market's concerned. It has some value, but it again, the bulk of it lies in uranium. Nickel has been a nice way to generate some potential value, bringing in partners like Fjordland, bringing other partners to move the Manor Bridge project forward. We're using others' money to advance those projects, retaining enough interest for our shareholders to realize the upside of any discovery. Right. And that's where the future comes in. For okay. So, so explain your your interpretation of what a project generator explorer looks like in terms of moving the uranium projects forward. Okay. You, you can go and find yourself some partners that suggest that you're going to need to understand where you want to sit in that mix in terms of do you want to be carried, not carried, um, where this cycle is now, the timing, you've got to get the timing right here in all of this too, because I assume you, you love is uranium. You could have a view on this uranium market at the moment, which hasn't done much. Spot price hasn't moved, no term contracts mm -hmm. being signed. Um, everyone's seen a bump because I think there's a great expectation. How do you view it? No, I think I think I think it comes back to our portfolio. To be honest, uh, Matthew, you know our portfolio um, that started 15, 16 years ago. We've managed through this low period to hold on to that portfolio. These projects in West MacArthur and and Cree East, they're the size of Greater Toronto, maybe Greater London, if you want to think of it that way. These are 30, 40 kilometers in any direction, and we're looking for a football field or a a, a soccer field or smaller, and that can contain a MacArthur cigar. So that takes, you know, access to land, which is becoming tough. So we've got the land base that we've managed to hold on to. And it's not just holding land for real estate. We're holding zones of mineralization like at West MacArthur, high-grade mineralization. We're holding zones of enrichment, the fingerprints, the signposts of another potential discovery at Cree East. We've managed to maintain that portfolio. Then we've added on to it through project generation in the last 12 months or so, with our Northeast Wallston projects, which take advantage of the knowledge gained from aero discoveries by NextGen uh, in the past, um, say, three, four, or five years. That land came open. We jumped on it because it has the right geological framework based on our understanding and our knowledge and experience in the uranium space to build another level of value and, uh, and access to discovery for our shareholders. So we're, we're taking advantage through not only moving some of our core assets forward, but also generating new projects to create additional value and opportunity for this discovery. 
Right. So we'll it takes capital, it takes time, it takes planning, and 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 you've got to prior, prioritize all of that. So you you want a new cash flow. So you want new cash in to develop projects. So you bring partners in to do that. You've got some money to develop some of your own assets, and you will no doubt go back out to market when you need to. Give, given you know you raised what fifty cents previously, you're yep. eighty plus at the moment. You, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get a sense of how how you map this out, the uranium component out, because you got a lot of moving parts. And and you could argue that's a heck of a liability. All of that landmass, you've got to spend money to mm. find your football pitch, right? So I'm just saying, what are those baby steps to to making that happen? Do you need to get a deal, another deal done before you go and raise some capital? A another farming deal done before you raise some capital before you go and try and find more assets because that's the project generator model, right? So. What's it look like for you? Yeah, so I, th- I think we're at the stage of trying to find partners that are aligned with Can Alaskan and its shareholders to move things like Cree East forward. Okay, West MacArthur, we're in control of that project at seventy plus percent, so there's opportunity there as well. Should we find the right partnership? So we're constantly looking for partnerships that make sense to help move these assets forward, so we don't dilute our shareholders, but they still realize the upside opportunity. We're going to move some things forward as well uh, in the absence of that. But again, we're doing it cautiously under COVID times. We're not blowing our brains out on, uh, so to speak, on uh, on on the spend. Okay, so we're, we're fully funded for this year and into next based on what we want to do. If we can find more access through partnerships to move another asset forward like Cree East, we'll do that. Are you going to are you going to do any dumb deals? Because it's kind of like we see a lot of these uranium companies just popping out of nowhere, or shells mm-hmm. looking for assets. And hey, don't worry, Corey, we'll be able to raise some money. We'll, we'll no, it's fine. We've never we've never mined an ounce, a pound of uranium before. It'll be fine. What sort of partners are you looking for? Because I, you know, I'm hearing a lot of those sorts of conversations out there. What are you looking for? We're, we're, we're looking for partnerships that make sense to move the asset forward toward discovery. So we're very cautious as well about who we interact with, who has access to that capital. So, you know, we can, we can afford the luxury we have because of our land position in the state it's in. We have the luxury to be able to, to have those conversations and find the appropriate mix. Because not all deals are created the same. Not all deals are good for our shareholders. So we're being very, very careful about, you know, how we advance these conversations and, and, and with whom. Not everyone will get access to it. Okay. So let's let's talk about the next 12 months. Okay. With the with the spend that you've you've talked about. What mm-hmm. precisely are you going to be doing? Why is that the best use of your money? Okay. So right now, as we speak, we're drilling our Waterbury projects, which are located right close to Cigar Lake. They've got analogs that the targets that look like a cigar lake uh, or a classic unconformity type targets. The one project we're drilling right now is an extension of the Rabbit Lake Fault or the Collins Bay Fault, which is host to the, the, the Rabbit Lake operation of Cameco's. We're drilling that right now, today. So that's coming in the near term. June 1st, six, eight weeks down the road, we're getting back into West MacArthur. We've opened up this large exploration corridor attached to our 42 zone discovery of 8% uranium, that we want to go in and test the ideal target at the unconformity. That's going to be our summer. Along with that in the summer is some of these generated projects. We're going to, we're going to go out and do some very cursory 
early stage prospecting work. Again, looking to, you know, upgrade the idea with some more current information. And that should allow us to gauge whether or not we're in the right space, but also to help attract partnerships that make sense to advance those basement type targets, those new projects that we generated in the last 12 months. That's sort of the summer. Okay. We're also going to go in and, and touch on our diamond stuff. Again, this is a bit strange, but in essence, we're going to go in and we're going to do some very, very, you know, light work looking for indicator minerals, prospecting again. So helping move these forward. Okay. Still focused in the uranium space primarily. In addition to that on nickel, we've got the deal sitting there with Fjordland. We're trying to, we're trying to get our permits in place so we can go out and potentially drill that in the summer or fall. We've just done the deal uh, for a Manor Bridge project in the last couple of weeks. That's going to see potentially a round of investment in the next 12 months in and around the uh, Bucko nickel mine. So that, that really good high grade nickel space uh, in the Thompson belt. So there's a lot of opportunity to move both nickel and uranium forward in the next 12 months. And that's what we're choosing to do. We're fully funded for all of this. And again, in the nickel space, we're using other people's money to advance those projects, partnerships. We can do the same thing in the uranium space. So, just, okay, let's talk about nickel here. So, the Fjordland deal looks like what? What have you agreed with them? Uh, it's roughly a $9 million deal uh, to earn 80%. What does okay. that mean? How, do, how does that $9 million come in? It's, just, it's a three-stage option arrangement. So, they can earn three stages up to 80% based on spend over time, essentially. It comes with cash, shares. So we're just waiting on permits to kick the first stage off and we'll get in and drill some of these targets, which look like Thompson scale, Thompson mine scale targets that have never been drilled, never followed up. And we're really excited about the opportunity. Okay. I get it. So let's get into the weeds there. Sorry, do you mind? Yep. It's that you're waiting for some permits on that deal. Right. There's a 9 million package cash shares in three stages. Spend. Okay. Up to 80%. Get it. So break that down for you. Stage one, how much cash is being spent in the ground? Oh, uh, now you're testing my <laughs> stepping back 12 months. Uh, spending about uh, about $1 million, roughly, in stage one. Okay. There, uh, I think it was about two and a half in the next stage, and then uh, about four and a half in the third stage. Okay. So walk, so walk eight. That's correct. That's eight million. <laughs> that's yeah. correct. Right. Isn't that four, four and a half? Ten of six, seven, eight. That's eight million bucks cash, and the rest in shares. Is that what it looks like? So we say. Well, that's the spend. So the the spend is there. Then you have shares up to uh, I think it was uh, six million shares in the company. Uh, then you have some smaller cash components. Um, so it's right. really about getting, it's really about getting the spend in the ground to discovery. Absolutely, well, that's what I'm getting at with you. It's really like what you, you we're know, after. There was a deal you did. You know, let let's say May last year. Uh, roughly May of 2020. Right. Correct. Okay. So you're still waiting for permits. What was the timeline, time horizon there? What, what was the problem? Uh, it's, it's, it's not a problem. We're just, uh, we're in the process of working through the permitting process with the government and uh, and the First Nations in the, in the area. So do we have a timeline on that? No, because it's a conversation. We're, we're working through that with, with all the, the parties involved. So as soon as we get access to that, then we're going to, kick off that program. So that's an option on the table at the moment, permit option depending. Okay. The second project, similar, you said some, you talked about 12 months, sometime in the next 12 months spending money. So what does that deal look like? 
So it, it's uh, it's about $4 million total spend into the ground. Uh, the first stage is half a million uh, this, in 12 months. The second stage is another, uh, what was it, million and a half um, over another 12 months. And then $2 million for the over the next 24 months. So it's a four-year deal to earn 100% for D-Block. We Got it. Now. Got it. So okay, so over the next 12 months, insurance. half a million bucks being Correct. spent to work out whether they move on to the next stage. Same with the previous deal. You know, at each at the end of each stage, they can work out whether they want to carry on with you or not. Um, and do, does the deal mean that if they've, like say say with the, the, the first project, if they've spent their one one and a half, I think you said one. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Do they get to keep the percentage, or is it they all, all or nothing? What? No. So so because it's staged, if they yeah. met end requirements and the share issuance requirements, then they okay. earn. Four. And they get to keep that if they decide not to move forward with you. Any further in the option? Correct. It's their option. So. No, you're saying, I, I want to be clear. So if they earn yes. 40% for spending a million bucks and they decide not to go on and spend phase two or phase three, do they get to keep the 40%? They keep the 49%. Why yes. 49%? Sorry. Okay. They've Understood. earned they've earned that percentage. Wow. That's yeah. good. It's a nice option. It's great because we get to move the we get to move the asset forward. Uh for successful in discovery. Um, it works for everyone, you know. Then the shareholders the ups, see the upside through the, the share ownership and um, and retention of that 20% ultimately down the road. Um, and is that because you're not nickel guys? You think, do you know what? That's just all, that's just an option for us. If it works out, it works out. It's great. We're uranium guys. We know uranium. Do the uranium deals look the same or are they going to follow the same sort of cookie cutter approach or, or are they going to be different? Yeah. You know, every every deal is a bit unique. We've done a couple of, in the nickel space recently that um, that look very similar in structure. Uh, you'll also find a lot of similarities to a lot of the deals in the basin that occur, staged earn-ins, these types of things. But you know, anything is on the table. To, to be honest, um, in conversations as to what works for both parties, because it can't just be cookie cutter. You have to find if you find a partner that works for you and brings that money to the table, then you try and find that that cliche win-win for both parties, uh, the shareholders for Can Alaska, the other party shareholders or ownership. Um, so every deal is a little bit different, but you know, in general, the Canadian style deal with the option earn in is, is pretty, pretty standard for us as a rule. We don't rule out sovereign funding. You know, we've had a, a few rounds of, of investment out of uh, Korea and Japan in the last cycle. Um, the, uh, Koreans at, at Cree East and, and Mitsubishi at, at West MacArthur, which allowed us to develop those early stage project generation ideas to the point they are today and at West MacArthur Discovery. So, you know, we're open to those types of, of options as well. And we have great partnerships around the world. Um, partnerships or, or let's call it, uh, you know, acquaintances, if you want to call it that, uh, past business partners, where that could come into play again in a good cycle. Yeah, I remember Peter, talk, Peter talking about those. Obviously, that, that, right. that didn't kind of work out for everyone because of what happened in the marketplace, but um, mm-hmm. nice relationships to have. Um, okay, so so for you, focus is uranium. That's where you think all the value lies today. Do you think at 65 million, you're a bit overvalued today? <laughs> Short answer is no. <laughs> but... You know, I think as we enter as we enter this uh, what appears to be a, another uranium cycle, um, the value that 
is being attributed to Ken Alaska presently is recognizing how much in that front running pack Ken Alaska is in, in terms of the stage of its projects, the mix of its projects in the uranium space. Um, and also the fact that we are on a discovery at 42 zone at West MacArthur that, you know, does need a lot more attention. You don't drill 8% uranium in the Athabasca very often. And, uh, you know, if you just, if you just step back and go, you know, there are six months ago, there's a handful of companies in the Athabasca, a handful. That's starting to pick up pace. And I think we touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, and you'll probably see that ramp up again. I mean, the last cycle, you know, there was, you know, tens, maybe a hundred companies floating around out in the Athabasca, globally 500, 600 companies, um, all in the uranium space. That'll probably happen again. But I think for investors, you need to look at, okay, who's got the right land? Who's got the right team in place to explore that land? If you're financed or have a partnership that brings financing in, where's the best potential for discovery? You know, we're right near MacArthur. We're two kilometers away from the Fox Lake discovery, 80 million pounds of 8% of Camelco and Arano. We're on the same geological trend at West MacArthur in our 42 zone. That's essentially a connected system. We're an extension of that discovery that Camelco and Arano made. So we're in the right space. We've got the right projects. We're on discoveries. We've got projects like Cree East that are primed for that next round of drilling. It just haven't been able to be realized since, since Fukushima. And it's just ripe for discovery. Everything at Crease looks like West MacArthur. We just haven't yet got that tiger by the tail. Those first high-grade intercepts. All the alteration, all the enrichment, everything looks correct. The fingerprint, one of these uranium deposits, sits at Crease. So we're really excited about both those core assets. And again, project generation, setting us up for the next wave of important discovery in the basement, like what's behind me. Um, that's what we're looking for. It's See, what we understand. Yes, yeah, so it is what you understand. It's what the history is, and you know, look at Peter's track record. It's immense. You've been you've been here for you know a couple of years, um, and you're in the right part of the world. The greater get in the right part right? of the world. Yes. What 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 I'm confused by is why dilute the story with the nickel with the copper. Why don't you just offload those? Be pure play uranium. You could have cashed those in. And you know, use that to develop these what sounds pretty good assets to me in terms of the grade and and, and work that system harder. You're talking about being the right formation, you know, on trend with lots of big names that you've just dropped on the table there to me. Um, why why confuse and dilute this story? I don't think it's I don't think it's confusing. I, I reframe it in that we are actually um, monetizing in many ways those nickel assets. We're not using Can Alaska's money. We're not using Can Alaska's shareholder money to advance the nickel assets. We are using other parties that are interested in the nickel space, have the financing in place and the interest to move those forward. We are running those projects in the nickel space. So that provides a little bit of administrative feedback for Can Alaska, which allows us to focus on the uranium space. So we're also preserving through these deals structure, the upside opportunity of discovery whether it's retained percentage, uh, royalties, um, all these types of things. So I would argue we are monetizing them. It's allowing us to focus back into the uranium space and not get you know, bogged down with spending our shareholder money um, in the Thompson Dome. But you can see why I'm asking the question, because right at the exactly. beginning outset, you said to me, they're worth nothing. 
all the values in the uranium, right? So when you say you're monetizing them, you've got an option of monetizing them with the deal structures that you've got. So they're still right. there, but you haven't yet monetized them. So do they distract is what I'm saying. And given the positive uranium market, bull market that we're moving into, is there another way? Is there another way in the nickel space? Well, is there another way for you to structure your company so that you know perhaps it's a much cleaner story? Oh, well, I think it's a clean story. You know, I, I do like the story. We're a uranium company, but I'm going to come back to uranium generates electricity. That's the space we're in. Copper, most mountain in BC, moves that electricity. And the nickel space is a natural tap. Oh, I see on. what you did there. That's clever. Okay, so we're nickel green is energy. The battery storage. <laughs> green energy. It, it really is tied. I think it's a brilliant connection. It really is. And we're not spending Can Alaska money, uranium money, let's call it, in the nickel space because we're bringing in partnerships. So is there value there? Sure. Hopefully one day. That's the objective. Um is it realized in our stock price today? Perhaps not. I believe that's driven mostly by uranium. Okay. That's, what, that, that, that's our main game. Corey, great story. Good to catch up. You guys have done a lot Thank since uh, we, we, we last talked to the, the company. Say hello to Peter, by the way, for me. <laughs> I shall do. I, yes, I, know you're, well. I know you're tag teaming here, um, but equally delightful to have you on here. Um, and, you know, break it break it down for us as to how this thing moves forward this year. So, like, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Obviously, we're, we have a weekly uranium show. We discuss uranium every week for mm-hmm. an hour and a half or so. Uh, it's been a fascinating ride for the last year, and I think it will continue to be for this year. So best of luck with it. Well, thank you, Matthew. It's a real pleasure to be here today and, and tell the Can Alaska story and and uh, try and paint the picture of, of what the next, uh, say, 12 months looks like for the company. It's really exciting times. We're, uh, we're eager to get going. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.